On this episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast, we talk Badgers basketball, how the games went, the game against Marquette, how do we feel about it. Also, a little bit of Badger football, congrats to Jonathan Taylor. Also, what else is going on in the football landscape? Got a little bit of breaking Big J news, connect the dots more like. Uh, Also, talk about Heisman. We also got into NFL Week 14. As well as we are joined again by Jacobs with all the crazy moves that the Bucks were making and around the NBA. All right, let's start the show. back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo, your host, joined by Casey. And Casey, how are we doing this week? Well, we're doing all right. I'd say it was a, an up and down, uh, back and forth, back and forth week, uh, as we'll get into. Uh, but I think that's about uh, how my uh, sports emotions are. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. It was a, a, a fun-filled week of sports so to speak. Like you said, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Uh, going mm-hmm. on a roller coaster, I'm sure we're going to go go in-depth into yeah. those highs and lows. Um, but all in all, we're here, and we're here to entertain. That's well, At least we'll, we'll try. So uh, <laughs> on that note, Marlo, uh, I don't know how entertaining this is, but I helped someone move this weekend. Uh, You're a better and, man than I. Yeah, and um, moving or move, helping somebody move, or rather the soreness afterwards, after self- helping somebody move is probably one of the most man I'm getting old things I've experienced. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not you, Marlo. Yeah, you're pretty, you know, in shape, it can lift heavy things. Me not so much. Uh it's it's up there though, for sure. It's up there with, you know, just hurting yourself, doing something mundane, like sleeping, getting up, bending over, you know, you'll randomly hurt yourself doing those things. Uh yeah. So I'm I'm recovering from that, uh feeling older than older than normal, I guess, as I move in weird parts of my back hurt how good of a friend were they pay you in beer and pizza or did you just do it pro bono yeah just out of the goodness of my own heart really marlo <laughs> uh yeah no they caught me in uh they caught me in a giving mood um it was pre uh basketball on, <laughs> on saturday and it, we didn't have college football so i was literally woke up going after uh liverpool won four zero uh, I was like, now what am I going to do until the Badgers play at four? Well, I found something, although it wasn't uh, as entertaining as I would wanted. But yeah, without uh, college football, I guess there was the Army-Navy game. But uh, for all in- intents and purposes, no college football. So we had to find other things to do. And hopefully yours was more entertaining than, than helping somebody move. Yeah, I just watched Army-Navy. So oh, Okay. <laughs> oh, and a lot of basketball. A lot of yeah. basketball. Felt like felt almost March-ish. Yeah, uh, how it, much basketball was on, and actually some of the finishes were pretty March esque. Yes, there were some some good finishes. Maybe we'll get to those in a little bit, but let's start with some basketball uh, that we uh, watched during the week with the Badgers. Uh, they played uh, two games this week, winning midweek over Rutgers, sixty nine sixty four, and then losing yesterday uh, to uh, our rivals. We'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that when we get to that. Uh, 
losing in overtime to Marquette, seventy four sixty nine. I guess let's start talking uh, with Rutgers. Uh, the Badgers trailed all but the first minute of the first half. Uh, came uh, back behind halves, twenty points to take a lead early in the second half, and then kind of maintained that. I don't know what would you say three to six point lead through the remainder of the second half. But Rutgers hung around. Yeah, Rutgers. I think we said it before. They're scrappy. Up and coming team. They're not, you know, they're not your Rutgers we're used to <laughs> running Rupshaw over. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they were a very scrappy team. Uh, got some good players in the team. It was, you know, a little bit of what we were talking about that emotional roller coaster watching that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in the end, they came through down the stretch uh, when they needed to, to to finish that off. Yeah. Uh, they did a good job of keeping Rutgers kind of at that two, three possession distance. Um, it, was kind of frustrating that I don't know you want to say they allowed Rutgers to hang around because they did have to come yeah. back in the first half, but yep. Rutgers hung around. I think they will, as you mentioned, throughout uh, the Big Ten season. I don't know. I don't know that that's going to translate into a lot of victories for Rutgers, but they're definitely a more formidable team than, as you said, your um, slightly older friends Rutgers from when they joined the Big Ten all those years ago. All those years ago. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll say a solid victory uh, got off. Uh, so now 2-0 and in the Big Ten, right, with wins over Iowa and Rutgers. So yeah. uh, in first place there, uh, won all the games we could there. And then we went back out of conference, and we'll be out of conference for a little while, with the big in-state rivalry, or is it Marlowe, uh, against Marquette? Well, all right, the rivalry question. Yeah. I think this is one of those where one side takes it a little more like a rivalry than the other. And mm-hmm. I think Marquette takes it a little bigger a rivalry, uh, as they probably should. They're, you know, you go around the state. I think they kind of talked about this in the broadcast, but you go around the state, you're going to see a lot more Badger flags, Badger memorabilia. You know, mm-hmm. in the Marquette area, probably by you, there's probably, you know, a little bit of Marquette sprinkled in, but, yeah. you know, around the state where most of these people are from, where most of their friends are from, everyone's talking about the Badgers, and they got the kind of little brother complex. They don't have a football team, so all they got is basketball. Right. Um, so that, that means a lot more to them. So I think Marquette takes it a little bit bigger. I mean, I, I, me as a Badger fan, I think I like to beat Marquette just because right. it hurts them more. Yep. <laughs> but it doesn't doesn't scream rivalry to me like, you know, our, our people in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's interesting. I think maybe being a little bit more in, I don't want to say Marquette country because that's not the case, but a little bit closer to uh, campus, a little bit closer to Milwaukee. Most of the Marquette people I encounter are like, oh, yeah, I like to beat the Badgers, but when they don't play, I'm rooting for the Badgers. Whereas <laughs> I think Badger fans, uh, I guess, I don't feel like I'm ever really rooting for Marquette to win. Uh, so I think it's a little bit uh, different that way. Um but I think it, it goes back and forth. That's that's interesting that you think that Marquette takes a little bit more seriously, whereas yeah. I kind of feel like Marquette's like, ah, whatever, we can we can <laughs> go either way, uh, being closer. Maybe they're just being nice to me, knowing that I'm I'm a Badger fan and want to continue to have a, a passing relationship with me. Maybe uh, right. that is the case. Um, but the game happened. Uh, Badgers lose in overtime. I think I said seventy four to sixty nine. Um, uh, Where to start? Where I yeah. Uh, I don't. I guess you got to start at the end, right? Uh, it felt like. I, I guess let me not even start at the end. Let me start with an overall kind of viewpoint. It felt like nothing went right. It felt like we 
tried to give the game away so many times, but mm-hmm. found ourselves in overtime. So I somehow want to take almost a moral victory from that. I kind of want to take that almost as a positive, um, but that doesn't feel like the way uh, I should be kind of digesting this loss. Yeah, it was it was frustrating for that reason because we had it. It was there. We could have won it. We should have won it. Um, but we didn't. Like you said, there was a lot of things that didn't go our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still found ourselves in overtime. I thought we were very lucky to find ourselves in overtime. Yep. Um, so, you know, and I think a lot of that came down to the – it felt like some of it was the game was got really big for some of our players who haven't been in that atmosphere yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think of these players, they're pretty young. They haven't been, they haven't even, you know, like a Davison or Trice, they haven't been, well, Trice has been there, but um, like a Davison hasn't been to the tournament last year. Right. You know, there has there wasn't really big games. I felt right. like there was a big game atmosphere and there were some moments in there that seemed to get too big for some of them. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, and I don't know how much playing time Trice had. And they talked about during the broadcast of this being a young team. And I kind of was like, yeah. Okay, but then I kind of thought about it. It was like, aside from Hap, yeah. you know, I guess Pretzel's been around, but he's not as involved in, in if the Badgers are going to do well, I think, as uh, you would have thought. But it, it is a pretty young team, and I think that's a good point that the game might have got a little too big for him. Um, I think primarily uh, that came out at the free throw line. Uh, Badgers shooting 10 of 21 from uh, the free throw line, and you know, Hap missed a few, but you kind of expect that, right? But Davison shooting 90, 91% in the season went 0 for 3. Trice went 3 for 5 with two big uh, misses towards the end of the game. Uh, and the other thing I point to is offensive rebounds. They gave up 14 offensive rebounds uh, to Marquette, who was very aggressive on the glass and somehow drew less over-the-back fouls on them than the Badgers did. Uh, yeah. But I'm not going to complain about the refs. Well, yeah. Not going to do it. Totally, totally not going to do it. Totally not, not going to totally do, do that. Um, the, yeah, that was the biggest thing. Like Davison was so not clutch in this game. He actually was pretty un, non-existent, yeah. uh, you know, in this game. And you know, I think the crowd was on him after, you know, the whole, uh, charge montage that went around the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he got a, he got a, a blocking call and then the place went crazy right. uh, when that happened. But, you know, like you said, he went over three from the free throw line, had zero points overall. Mm-hmm. Missed um, a big three pointer towards the end too. Yeah, missed. Yeah, it's just, it just was. He just he just wasn't there, and that was there. And then I knew a time would come where Trice wasn't going to shoot sixty percent from the yeah. three point. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the game. Uh, and it was you know it was interesting to see how our team would respond to that. And the response was Hap dropping thirty four or whatever he did. Yeah, um, he was great. <laughs> which which I think is crazy that a player like Hap in this agent like in this where we are in college basketball can even do that and mm-hmm. even score consistently in the 20s with his type of play right yeah scoring uh 34 points without pro what a shot outside of the paint right uh going yeah. 16 for uh 21 adding on 11 rebounds it was a master class in in his uh his game uh he he was great and i think his uh, leadership and tenacity really shown through at the end while in a losing effort. Uh, like at the end of the game where he chased down and fouled. Granted, it was a, almost a moot point at that point, but he chased down and, and fouled, uh, for, I think it was Howard again, uh, at the end of the game. He just didn't want to lose, and you could just feel that. And I think normally that responds and, and propels the team. It didn't 
uh, this week. And I guess the one concern I'll take away is last year they kind of didn't do the things they needed to do to win, kind of in a general sense. This year they've been doing those little things, converting, executing down the stretch. They've done that all year, and in this game they were unable to do that. Um, Hopefully it was just this game and they can go back to the trend that they had in their other uh, closer, more important games uh, and get back on that. But that would be, uh, I guess, a concern I would have um, yeah. if that continues to go forward. Yeah, But it's a, I don't think it's a bad loss. No, I don't think it's a bad loss. During this game, I was highly emotional, highly okay. you know, on edge, just because it was in the moment, it was in the game. Like I said, it was frustrating. We should have had it. And then after the loss, it was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, Mm-hmm. This one game, if we keep it at this one game, doesn't mean all that much. This loss, yeah, uh, doesn't mean it's an overtime loss uh, away, you know, to a team that just beat another ranked team. They'll probably be ranked later. Yeah, I think they'll be ranked be a, a throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. So as long as we don't, this doesn't affect you know start a pattern. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but definitely what I like to add. Oh, yeah, well. absolutely. <laughs> we'll try to move on. Uh, yeah. Elsewhere around campus, speaking of Badgers winning, well, and not winning, <laughs> let's move to our uh, next, well, I guess before we move on, we should mention uh, the Badgers play, uh, they host Savannah State on uh, Thursday, 12-13, uh, that's their only game next week, um, so we have that to look forward to midweek. Uh, going around campus, leaving basketball, and we'll start with football, uh, Jonathan Taylor at the awards, uh, I guess college football awards. Uh, that occurred or handed out this week, won the Doak Award for uh, best running back in the country, and then finished ninth place in the Heisman voting. Marlo, thoughts? <laughs> yes. Well, fourth, fourth is the for Wisconsin the fourth yeah. Doak uh, Doak Award winner mm-hmm. uh, for best running back in the country. Uh, so you had Rondane, Monte Mon- Monte Ball, whatever you want to call him, yep. uh, Melvin Gordon, and now Jonathan Taylor. Basically, running back you, uh, only Texas. I think we're tied for Texas for the most now with four okay. uh, award winners. So uh, that's that's always good to see. Good to see you know Taylor get his recognition that he deserved. He had a hell of a season. Uh, it just makes me kind of sad that it's really all for naught. Um, as far as the Heisman goes, ninth place. Mm-hmm. But did you see he had one first place vote? <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. Who could that come from? Hmm. Could it be a, a former Heisman winner that is on the Wisconsin staff? <laughs> little Rondane, little Rondane buddy. Hey, I'm going to throw you a first place vote. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's fine. It's fine with me. <laughs> Look, I mean, we can get into it more in. I don't want to get too much in the Heisman because I know we want to talk about it more specifically yeah. uh, in a little bit. But if you're the best running back in the country, I it's. If it's going to be a real best player in the country award and not best quarterback mm-hmm. in the country award, the best running back should get more than one first place vote. I mean, to see other play and look at the list of other players who got first place votes over Jonathan Taylor, I think is a bit ridiculous. I mean, he was the best running back. He propelled a wild, disappointing Badger team. Imagine this Badger team without Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it would be awful. Um, to finish ninth place, I think, is... Uh, look, it's pretty great to be the ninth best player in college football, but I think... <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah, good, yeah. I think uh, there's more for him to do, and I think he could have been more highly... Not that being 
eighth or seventh would be, you know, it's not like you win anything different. Like you still don't yeah. get anything. Uh, but just from a narrative standpoint, I think he should have been right up there um, with some of the other names that I may or may not know. <laughs> Finish <laughs> ahead of him. Um, so congratulations to Jonathan though uh, on, on winning the Doke award. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he can do uh, going forward for sure. Yep. Get the, get the Heisman hype started for next season. Oh, great. Yep. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Elsewhere around campus, Marlon, ready for uh, the tour? Yep. Let's do All it. right. All right. In uh, women's volleyball uh, this week, the Badgers competed in the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. They defeated uh, San Diego in three sets, 3-0, uh, to zero, to move on to that Elite 8. But there they lost at Illinois uh, on Saturday, 1-3. to three. Uh, It was... A tough one. They the first and third set they lost uh, were really close, and they just dominated the second set. And I don't know enough about volleyball to really understand how the sets can be so lopsided. Um, because when they dominated that second set, I was like, "Here we go, we got this, we figured it out." And then it went the other way, uh, and I was mystified. <laughs> I was mystified. Um, men's hockey uh, over the weekend, uh, the men's team won, uh, recorded two wins over Michigan State, winning five to three and three to zero. They're on break till January fourth now, Marlo. Because I don't know if you knew this. What? These are student athletes, Just and they break. have like finals and family stuff, and they have oh, you know have to yeah. take a break from their athletics oh, okay. uh, before they can uh, you know come back to campus and they play on the, again on the fourth. Okay. No. I thought I was a student athlete. Yeah, student no, athlete, yeah. Getting, getting yeah. Done. I guess hockey is the only real student athletes out there. That's right. Well, yeah. That we'll talk about at least. <laughs> <laughs> Women's hockey also notched two wins, uh, winning eight to two and three to one over St. Cloud State. Uh, as mentioned, they have a uh, finals and winter break. They're off till January 11th. Uh, so still student athletes. Uh, Women's basketball split this week with a win over Marshall and a loss at Green Bay. Uh, in the women's game, a loss at Green Bay is not the same <laughs> as in the men's. Uh, the uh, University of Wisconsin Green Bay women's team is a very good program with uh, regularly appearing in the NCAA tournament and uh, winning games there. So uh, not as bad as, as you might first think. Uh, this week they are hosting Chicago State. And that's all I have for Around Campus Marlow. Anything else or should we move on? to more college football. Uh, so leading up to our prestigious pinstripe, New Air's pinstripe bowl. Oh, I, yes. I, I will. Uh, I, I have a stat of the week for you All that right. I'll bring to you every week, which means this week and next week. Uh, <laughs> 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 Badger Bowl stats. So this week, Casey, did you know that Wisconsin, obviously you know that Wisconsin is playing Miami this yep. at the uh, prestigious New Air Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah, um, this will be the third the big meeting, one. the third meeting in a bowl game uh, for them. Uh, okay. We have yeah, and currently we are two and zero against Miami. No oh, right, I remember <laughs> last year. Last year, <laughs> last year was one of them. Um, there is one other team that we have played three times and have a three and zero record against. Do you know who that is? Oh man. Casey? I'm thinking good radio, good podcasting. I want to say it's. I want to say it's going to be an SEC team, and I'm going to say Auburn. 
we have played Auburn three times. We are two yeah. and one against uh, Auburn. Wow, that almost makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about. I was yeah, just... <laughs> the team uh, that we have played three times and have won all three games is UCLA. UCLA. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I suppose we won uh, a Rose Bowl over them. Yes, we did. Um, I don't know either of the other two. So, all right, <laughs> all take right. take all that right. UCLA. There you go. There's the bowl stat of the week. Nice bowl stat of the week. I forgot that we were in the pinstripe bowl. Like, <laughs> I just put it out when you when you wrote down bowl stat. I was like, what bowl are we in? Again? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how much uh, how excited I am for that. Yeah. Uh, Did you pick up one of those uh, those new air Wisconsin Yankee hats that they have? Those were pretty cool. <laughs> those were pretty cool. I did not. Did not. Okay. Those were pretty cool. I saw those. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Somebody at my work has. Uh. He's from Miami, I think. So. Yeah. After they announced that they were in the game, I walked in. He has printed out <laughs> like a new era pinstripe Wisconsin at my and it was on the outside of his cube. Okay. And I like walked in. I was like, it took me like by surprise. <laughs> I'm like, what? Who is celebrating? <laughs> like, who's <laughs> hanging this on from their cubicle? And then I, I was like, oh, he's I, from Miami, and I think he went to school there and, and whatnot. So like that probably means a lot to him. But like, it was so weird. <laughs> I was so confused until I put it together. Uh. All right. Speaking of confusion, I don't know. Maybe we're confused about this, Milo. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to do uh, some transitions here. But yeah, the Heisman man. was awarded last night. Was it awarded Sat- last yeah, night? Yeah, last night. Yes, last night, Saturday night. And uh, your boy Kyler Murray won. Is that it? Kyler Murray walked away with it. Yeah. Uh, going in, going into it, I think. Well, for me, I thought I thought it was going to be Tua, but I wouldn't yeah. have Kyle won it. A lot of people um, were speculating. Basically, in the past, a lot of people have, have uh, put in their ballots before the championship games, and yeah. I think that was that was a differentiator on this one, uh, with mm. Tua having not a great game, getting injured, getting uh, pulled out, and then uh, Kyle Murray having a great game and, and willing his team to another win. Uh, so, did they get it right in your mind? I think... It, it could have gone either way. I would have voted for Tua. I thought he was a better player. I I think he kind of had the Wisconsin running back uh, stats work against him in the sense that a lot of games, the running back, like I remember Melvin Gordon, a lot of games he just didn't play the fourth quarter. Yep. Uh, Tua in a lot of games didn't play the fourth quarter, so his stats could have been insane, whereas Kyler Murray stayed in and played every down as far as, as, far as I know. Um, I think that Tua definitely f- his performance somewhat fell off towards the end of the year and obviously getting hurt didn't help. Uh, but I think if you look back at this year and go, who was the best player? I think Tua was the best player while Kyler had a really great season. Yeah, he had a great season. I think one, I think it's crazy that is back to back Oklahoma quarterbacks. That is weird. Um, yeah, again, we can't get one. Two, um, yeah, Tua, he could have won, he could have had four plays. I think. The fact that Kyle, like, he was in the fourth quarter because he had to be because his defense is terrible. Yeah. And, you know, he's you know, talking about it, big 12 numbers. He's throwing up, you know, 50, 60, outscoring our basketball team on a regular because um, he has to. <laughs> you know, not just because they're running up scores because otherwise they lose. Um, so I think that's, that's you know, kind of a deciding factor. I'm glad I don't – I mean, I don't have a vote. I, I don't know who I would have voted for um, at first place because it's kind of a toss-up. But I think – I don't know if you saw the ceremony or whatever, but I think I think Tua is going to take this one with him. 
Uh, he tried oh. to put on he tried to put on a brave face, but it wasn't. Uh, he was he was hurting inside, and mm. if he gets to play, I think he might tear some things up in the playoff here. Just to, yeah, just to show you what's up. Yeah, I, uh, that would be that'd be something if he goes out and just he has a great game and Kyler doesn't. Yeah, uh, that would kind of it. It's weird that people could hand in their votes early. I don't get why. Like yeah, wh- what does that benefit or or not? Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, at some point, I think we need to go. Sure, these Big Twelve quarterbacks put up some great numbers, but let's take a step back and realize what the heck is going on here. Because right. you know, if you just look at a piece of paper and, and the stats, yeah, you know, Kyler Murray looks great, but uh, come on, all the quarterbacks in, in the Big Twelve <laughs> look great. It's ridiculous. Uh, so th- I guess that's not to say that he didn't deserve it. I, I guess that's a little bit to say he didn't deserve it. But like two Oklahoma quarterbacks in a row, like. Let's think about this a little bit. What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, I think they should be kind of taken into consideration. But um, I'm fine with it. I don't know. Yeah, you, I could have, like you said, either or. Um, Jonathan Taylor finished ninth. So yeah. <laughs> what about your boy? What about your boy Haskins? Oh yeah, Haskins. My preseason yeah. uh, pick. He finished third, which was uh, yeah. kind of surprising. I guess I don't know who else would have finished third. Uh, he had a real good. St- Start to the year, but really struggled in the middle, especially in their uh, obviously in their loss to Purdue. Uh, but a couple games there in the middle of the season where he just kind of fell off uh, the race, uh, came back strong. Obviously against Michigan, um, a real up then down then up year, finishing strong. Um, third's fine. I don't know. I would if I. I think my reasoning made sense at the beginning, so I feel somewhat vindicated that he was in the top three. Yeah. All right, so we're getting good at this. You had oh you yeah, had, we got it all figured. I had Tua. I had Tua. He finished second, so yeah, you know, there you go. Not bad, not bad for a first year prediction. All <laughs> right, so <laughs> with the bird winning the Heisman, um, we have to pull out our PSA again. Oh yeah, yeah. Because this happened a couple hours after he won. People, go back and delete your tweets. If you were so, good at anything, delete your tweets. Yeah. Or don't tweet. Don't. Although tweet. this one again. I feel like when we're, we're messing with these, when we're talking about college kids, it's kind of crazy. I think his suites were like 2011 when he was 12 or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, I think it was like 13 or 14 years. Yeah, old. 13, 13 or 14. He's on Twitter. I think if we had something, if you could find out what we were saying at 12 or 13, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be good. And these kids just have the means to be able to have it recorded. So. Yeah, I guess in this case, I don't see why this is a story i don't see mm-hmm. who is writing this story who's looking this up and who is green lighting this story to say look what this guy said when he was in a young teenager versus who he is now right like if it's something that establishes a you know look he's that, that shows that he hasn't changed or hasn't grown or something. But in this case, it's pretty clear that he hasn't used any of this sort of language or is a, you know, a completely different person. Now it's bizarre to me that this comes out. I don't know what the appetite is for this as far as a, a, a published journalist standpoint and what the appetite is for as far as like an outrage, like, People read this and legit. Do people read this and legitimately get upset that he said this to his friends back when he was a non-famous person? I don't. <laughs> I can't. That just okay. like a little, a little kid. Not that what he said is is right. It's obviously right. wrong. But like, let's have some context, people. Let's have some a maturity 
uh, right. about what we're discussing. I don't. Right. But just, where do you learn? Where do you learn that stuff? You learn that stuff from your kid because you do say it, and someone corrects you. Yeah, that's how it works. That's yeah, and then you <laughs> you go to college and you yeah. there's a you realize there's a whole other world. I, I, it's it, it's crazy to me. And then to have this brought up at your like seminal achievement, um, I don't know. I obviously. Wish he never said it. Wish people would delete their tweets. That's for the, I mean, obviously, don't think and say these things. Step one, that would be great. Like, yeah, that's the step idea. One. <laughs> um, one. But if you have, you know, and you've obviously learned and moved on, make sure that that isn't in your past. Um, it, we say this every time. It's frustrating that it comes up again and again. It's frustrating that, uh, like I said, there's a journalistic and maybe an outrage uh, appetite for it. And I, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. So delete your tweets. Yeah, delete your tweets, kids. All right. Other elsewhere in the college football landscape, Casey, I think we might have some movement. Some movement. There, some movement. Some movement in the landscape. So I was, you know, paying attention, just listening to the radio, uh, you know, local ESPN. Uh, ESPN, what is this? What is their call sign? I want to be journalistically. You know, <laughs> I want to give them their credit. Uh, WTLX ESPN 100.5. All right. right. They had Barry Alvarez on, on yeah. uh, Wednesday, I believe. Uh, you know, just, just a normal chat. But Barry released saying he, they were just having a conversation about the college football playoff. Um, but he has stated that he's in favor for expansion, one, mm. and that he quotes, says there is a window to move to a playoff to six teams. In hmm. So, and he he kind of went on and on about um, he kind of went on and on about how he wasn't for that at first, and now that he is, uh, which is you know I don't know maybe because the Big Ten hasn't been in it for two years <laughs> in a row. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> there might be a little that might be a little interesting. And the only reason it kind of piqued my ears because I remember when the they were talking about doing a playoff the first time around. I was like, no way, they're gonna keep with the BCS because. Mm-hmm. TV contract, yada, yada. But I think Barry, along with Jim Delaney, who I'll get to in a second, had, like kind of started that conversation, and boom, like a couple years, we had a playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. So that mixed with Jim coming out, I think it was, it was either later that Wednesday or maybe that Thursday. It was this week. Um, he is saying that they are, they are taking a closer look at two conference realignment, mm. and that could include getting rid of divisions altogether. So being like the big 12 and the top two teams would play in the conference game and in the, in the conference championship. Eh. Um, again, trying to get, you know, to get two of the best teams to go at each other in the final game again, because we have not been in the playoffs represented in the playoffs. So I only bring this up because like I said, the last time I was talking about it, these are two powerful men in the college football landscape. Yep. And when they talk, I, I, I tend to think some things might happen. Uh, yeah, that's, ex- uh, that's definitely interesting. Um, I think first, let's tackle these one at a time, right? First, yep. uh, I guess there's three things you throw at me, right? First is expansion, yep. um, adding more teams to the, the big 10. I mean, what it, we're talking about going after the big fish, Notre Dame and Texas, that kind of like crazy type that, I mean, that's something if it's adding like a Maryland or Rutgers, am I going to get excited <laughs> about that? I mean, because what, what were the other, like, realistic candidates when we added Maryland and Rutgers, right? It was Missouri. Missouri, yeah. Was Missouri there was, like, wanted it. They wanted it's like, like, yeah. Missouri, like, 
I think Pitt was one. You know, th- schools yeah. like that. Okay, sure. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. Pitt would be really interesting, though. I just think from going from the ACC to the Big Ten would be uh, an interesting move. Um, I so I guess that's my my lukewarm take on it because yeah. yep. it depends on it depends on what we're talking about uh, for that uh, for playoff expansion. I mean, I think four appears not to be the right answer, right? Like, right, right. I don't know what six would really look like. Is it just we're still doing? S- Essentially six at large bids. Yeah, um, that's what I, I would assume. Six yeah. at large. Uh, he was saying that. Oh my goodness! He was saying that. Um, like the you know the top two would get buys. Right. You get top two get buys, and that those first two games would be like on campuses, yeah. which would be awesome. Oh yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, that's what it led me into what I was going to say. I was watching uh, the volleyball game Wisconsin at Illinois, and yeah. it was. A crazy atmosphere in uh, whatever this, I don't even know what the stadium is, in, in, in Illinois that they're playing at. And not, no uh, disrespect to women's volleyball, but like if that was the atmosphere for a women's volleyball game, I can only imagine what a home playoff atmosphere would be like in a college football game. That would be something else. And I, I, I guess I'm encouraged that they're talking about doing that for. Uh, that that first round, because um, that's what I would want to do. My I think ideal is eight teams, but I mean six is obviously a step towards that. Right. You still, I mean, you're still gonna get the same arguments. It doesn't solve. I guess you'll always get arguments about what you do because you're. It's depending on human rankings, right? Yep. <sighs> I don't know. I'd have to chew on that a little bit more. Um, <laughs> and then the third thing. What was the third thing? I already forgot now. I didn't write uh, it down. Getting rid of gittering divisions. Or oh, getting rid of divisions. divisions or getting rid of I divisions mean, altogether. I okay, I think it's I think it's a a, a short sighted thing, uh, in the sense that like look at the SEC. They've had the West has been way better than the East for for years and years and years, and that hasn't hurt them. Yep. Um, I think it just so happens this year that there was no good team in the West. This year, it should have yeah. been Wisconsin. Obviously, uh, yep. it wasn't. So, therefore, it should have been somebody else. Nebraska wasn't ready to do it. Iowa wasn't ready to do that. So, it ended up being Northwestern, which kind of stinks um, for the Big Ten, right? As as a whole. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you really, if we really have to do every year where Michigan plays Ohio State, and then we have to argue if they should play again in the Big Ten, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. championship game, That'd like be the worst. That sounds like. A, play, a world I don't want to live in, um, right? Yeah, and I, I don't. Get and that's what it, that's what they are. That's what they want. They want it to be Ohio State versus Michigan or Penn State, right? That's yeah. What Jim Delaney wants, right? Yeah, no, yeah, and I get that. But that I mean, when they did the first two divisions, people thought that because Michigan and Ohio State were in a different division, they thought, right. oh, well, we're just going to see Michigan State, Ohio State again the next week, and that never happened because Michigan was down. Um, and it's just, I think it's way too hard to predict these things, right? right? So if we, if we realign and say we keep conferences, but we, you know, we move some over here, over here to try to equal, equal out balance, some other, you know, someone else is going to come up and, and just mess it up. So I think it's hard to, to kind of chase that. And yeah. I don't know about not having divisions. Cause that seems like going backwards mm-hmm. to kind of what we had before and, you know, I mean, the, it kind of didn't work out for us. But again, I don't know the answer. I just know they're yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think 
when you lose divisions, you lose some sort of inherent rivalry and you lose some sort of inherent like so you always play the people in your division. Yeah. And then you have your crossover games, and then you you have protected crossover games, which I don't know if you saw. Uh, yeah. Wisconsin Ohio State is going to be a protected crossover game starting in what was that twenty nineteen or twenty? I don't remember. But for a couple of years, we're going to guarantee play Ohio State, which is both good and bad, right? Right. Um. So that's you lose like that. We play Iowa everywhere. You you lose that. We play Northwestern every year, and like I think these those things matter as a as. And this is, I guess, maybe old person sounding, but like <laughs> those little rivalries, while they're not the big rivalry, right? It's not the protected, like I presume there'd be a protected Wisconsin versus Minnesota rivalry. Like that will happen every year. And Michigan, uh, uh, Ohio State will happen every year. But like yeah. you'll lose those other ones, Wisconsin, Nebraska, every year. That won't happen anymore. And I think you lose something when you do that uh now that means that instead of iowa we might play penn state in a year and then the next year we play michigan like that's i don't know i think you lose something that is a fun part of being a college football fan that isn't winning the big 10 that isn't uh going to the playoffs isn't winning national championship like for all but five teams (laughs) in the (laughs) nation we're playing for these smaller things right i know everyone wants to think that you know their team can win a national championship, but realistically, that's outside of hitting lightning in a bottle or catching lightning in a bottle. That might not happen. Uh, so you f- play for these smaller things, and I think when you lose divisions, you lose some of that. And to be fair, you lose some of that when you expand the conference too. But yeah, um, I get that one a little bit more because uh, I think bringing in Nebraska is definitely good. Let's yeah. not talk about Maryland and Rutgers. But All right, I think Maryland was fine. Rutgers. All right, I talked too much. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. I just, yeah. Well, we you heard it here first. We talked about it first. So credit us once yeah. it happens. When we it were happens, listening to the radio. <laughs> no, but we connected the dots. We connected, we connected the, the dots. dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. that's that's Cap- Big J journalism. Big J's. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not trying to take credit, but credit us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking right. of. Speaking yes. of taking credit, Marlo, uh, so the next thing we have in our docket, and I wanted to lead with this, is, is Urban Meyer, and you had a, a great tweet about this, which now that I say that, I don't have in front of me, but at Marlo Jr., find the tweet. Uh, essentially, it was uh, Urban Here, I'll Meyer get it. I'll get it. I'll bring it up. I'll bring doing it. Urban Meyer things. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, where'd you go? Why don't I have my tweets? Like, <laughs> one? How do I... Oh, oh, I'll get it. Yeah. This is, again, Big Great J. Radio. Big <laughs> J, journalist here, <laughs> fumbling through our tweets. Probably should have had the, had the to find. I didn't, oh. I was going to, here we go. All right. No. 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 Okay, Urban, here we go. You want it? <laughs> should I say right. it? Here, here's, Marlo's a uh, great tweet on it. Yeah, once, it, once the news dropped, they was having a press conference, I tweeted out, Urban Meyer going out as only Urban Meyer knows how. Trying to make everyone feel bad for him while he scouts his next job. Perfect. Perfectly. <laughs> and I think you perfectly read this situation right. He spent the whole season, it felt like. And now, let me have a little uh, uh, asterisk here by this conversation. If he really has health issues, I mean nothing. I don't really mean what I'm going to say. Okay. But <laughs> this is the second <laughs> time that he is citing, essentially citing health issues. And this whole year, he looked in pain on the sideline like 
al- it felt like almost to draw attention to himself. If he's really in pain that much, I'm right. sorry, Urban. I will issue an official apology. But it seemed like he really was trying to draw attention to himself, and um, this feels exactly like how he left Florida. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And we'll see what he does if he's going to go back to ESPN or do whatever. But or where is next? He says he's retiring from football. I don't hundred percent believe him. He's still relatively young in football years or football in, yeah, coaching years. Football coaching terms, yep. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what is he gonna do? Just sit around? No, he's a football guy. He needs to be around football. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's kinda it's coming at a weird time, you know. like you said, he's young. How many more years do you think uh do you think Nick Saban has? There's some yeah. other programs that are kinda you know, what what if you connect the dots with uh Riley leaves Oklahoma? Is that that's mm-hmm. already urban on uh, on troll Notre Dame's lucky they did good this year. Otherwise, they just they would have been calling for Urban already. Uh, so basically, Chip Kelly's on the hot seat already. He can't have a bad year. Yeah, I heard uh, USC. Yeah, possible landing zone. LSU possible landing zone. Yeah. So um, some coaches who there who aren't yeah. doing what the fan base is yeah. think. No one believes this is it for him. Like nobody. And you know, like you said, don't know a hundred percent what's going on there. But yeah. it, it just it feels it was just weird how much it was like played up yeah. and then all of a sudden okay i'm just gonna be like last game and why does it have to do that why is he be like i'm gonna just coach roseville then i'm out i guess maybe recruiting reasons i don't know why can't you just be like i'm done yeah now he's like this whole fellwear fellwear tour for the Rose Bowl, and it's gonna yeah. be urban this urban that so we'll see and ohio state just gave did they give the yeah coaching job to the coordinator it's yeah his, yeah it's his it's, yeah it's done. he's taking over maybe that's why he did it because they kind of handcuffed ohio state like that but oh yeah, it's it it like a bo ryan thing yeah he pulled the bow yeah. yeah he pulled the bow huh yeah i'm a little bit i guess i'm that's another aspect that i find a little interesting is that ohio state didn't at least externally do a a coaching search. They just said we got our guy on staff, and he's he's going to be promoted. I'm pretty sure they named him head coach and not interim head coach, like yeah, um, the Packers did with um, with the Mike McCarthy situation. So yeah. interesting. That's but a, yeah, interesting. There's, there's, he's, he, but he's he has to be on thin ice right away. Like he he better win right right now. Yeah, there's not he's yeah. not going to have a you know he can't have a down year. Yeah, and I saw there were a few decommits from Ohio State. Uh, with that, I, I mean, I'm sure they'll be all right. I'm sure they'll be yeah, fine. They'll be okay. But but a couple people, uh, and, which I can understand, right? Like you sign up to go be coached by a certain person, sure, at a university, and uh, uh, he leaves. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Or he's see, ducking. We'll, he's we'll, ducking the Badgers, maybe. Yeah. How about that's that? What he's doing. <laughs> I know. We should never beat Urban. That's. I know. Uh, I mean, from a Badger standpoint. It could I guess, be good. I, I, I'd, I'd rather him not be coaching Ohio State than right, him coaching no. Ohio State. I so, agree. from a Badger fan, uh, and you know, I guess I, I've never really been a big fan of his. You know, whether at Florida or yeah. or at Ohio State. So, I mean, I hope he's hope he's healthy. Uh, but I expect to see him um, somewhere else, a, a sideline somewhere else. In right. the not too distant future, yeah, I'd be surprised he just has if this to is his last rewrite time. his contract to his family again uh, about yeah. how he's not going to be stressed out while being a head coach. Yeah, <laughs> that works out. Well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough Urban Meyer talk. Yeah, Oof. I got heated. All right, 
Should we go on to the uh, professional? On to the professional. Sure. Let's start with uh, the Packers as that game is over. The Bears are playing now as we record. Uh, <laughs> so the Packers, I joked I joked last week about how the, the Badgers Bowl game would be the depressing bowl. It's like the, yep. the, you know, the fans who had expectations of their team, and now here they are in the pinstripe bowl or whatever it is. Well, this was the NFL version of that <laughs> today with, between the Packers and the Falcons, two teams who presumably had Super Bowl, uh, I think, uh, expectations. I mean, I know Packer fans certainly thought we could get there, and obviously that hasn't worked out. Um, and uh, Atlanta disappo- didn't <laughs> disappoint with their disappointing. <laughs> they like, came out and laid an egg. Uh, it was weird. Like The Packers were up the whole game. It was rather comfortable. I think that was the first time that happened this year. It was a weird feeling. Uh, that I hadn't hadn't felt all all year. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about how this kind of validates the firing of McCarthy, or that Rodgers having a relatively good performance shows that everything was McCarthy's fault and Rodgers hated him and, and all of that. I think there's going to be a lot of that going on in, in Packer world. I don't think that's the case. I think the Packers just met a team that was less interested in winning a football game than the Packers were. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot more to the Packers' flaws uh, that was kind of masked by uh, Atlanta's really, really bad performance today. I think there's still a lot of questions of depth on the team in general, especially on the defensive side of the football and I guess on both sides of the football, right? But I would say especially on the defensive side of the football. Uh, uh, but it came away with a win. Uh, obviously, I guess now you're – do you not want to win, Marlo, at this point where you're well, like you, you think about draft picks? I don't I don't know. Yeah. Well, you still want to win a football game, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it's Aaron Rodgers. And I, I felt like since they got rid of McCarthy, like these last four or five games where he left, he's just going to ball out. And it's kind of scary, actually. Um, <laughs> like I knew today he was going to ball out because, you know, he just you know, wanted to say that it wasn't him. Right. Because I did hear some, yeah. you know, there were some whisperers that was, yeah. this is, this is Aaron's fault. So he's going to go out there like, Oh, look, McCarthy's not here and look what happened. Um, yeah. So w- it is kind of scary. Uh, to, you know, they're really playing with house money. They're back to the, in the hunt side of the, of the picture when they put that up and they put that graphic up on the, <laughs> on the board. So they're back to the, in, in the hunt. Yeah. So I, that, well, that scares me. As long as Aaron Rodgers is still breathing, playing football and it says in the hunt, that is scary for me. You know, I, I kind of, you know, put dirt on the grave yesterday, the Packers, <laughs> or yesterday, last week of the Packers yeah. season. But then, you know, I'd say halfway through the third quarter when it was, we were up, I don't know, 20, 24 points or whatever it was. Uh, I kind of looked at it and go, thought, could we make the playoffs at 8-7? <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous that I, I would even consider this. Wait, uh, so wait, but we are, are officially in the hunt. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Right? With, uh, I mean, we could go through the, the NFC teams, but a lot of the teams who you thought would be wild card teams are, are, are really struggling. Carolina is... Uh, is struggling Atlanta uh, is struggling so the Eagles are struggling um so it's I don't I think in this scenario right the Vikings would get in over the Packers but there is a possibility I don't think the Vikings are as good as people uh thought they were going into the season yeah so So it's it's bizarrely possible yeah take me to the beginning of the game for you though because I was I was thinking about you I was watching this uh within three plays uh Philman had used both of his challenges and lost both of his challenges. Yeah. <laughs> at the, well, at the, I wanted to know how you were feeling uh, at that point. I mean, it definitely felt interim head coachy, right? 
I liked how he he his like reasoning was like, well, you can't lose them if you don't use them. <laughs> it's like a bizarre <laughs> rationale. Uh, he was, I mean, <laughs> it looks if they would have lost, that would have looked really really embarrassing. But I yeah. guess. If you want to spin it positively, you could go, he was out to win every play or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. That's good football uh, talk right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was in the moment. It felt so ridiculous <laughs> uh, to, to happen. Uh, but obviously, that didn't end up mattering. So thank yeah. goodness. Uh, I know. I was like, ooh, this is going to go bad. This is going to go bad fast. But no. I mean, that's just one of the things. Like, to... Like, to say to put this all on McCarthy's feet, like you have to believe that Joe Philbin's gonna like lead this team to some miraculous comeback, and that just seems <laughs> seems unlikely. I don't know. Uh, I guess other positive note though, Rodgers did set a record for most passes without an interception. Although I think he had some help along the way, at least in this game, uh, with a ball that he literally threw into the hands of a Falcon today who dropped it. Oh, and I know yeah, yeah. in the in the Bears Packer game earlier in the year, which was presumably part of this. Uh, he threw a pass right to Fuller, who dropped it. Yep. So there's been some help to get him to this step. But, again, this is like a, thinking about Jonathan Taylor being the best running back in the NFL. <laughs> it's like, yeah. best, excuse me, Jonathan Taylor being the best running back in college football, and it's like he's on a 7-5 and five Badger team or whatever we ended up being. Yeah. You know, like that's – like we're like wasting that. And like Rodgers has – sets a record for most passes without interception. It's like – and we're – Five seven and one, or it's like, <laughs> what the heck? How did we get here? Oh boy! So, oh. Packers win, yay! <laughs> That's how I'm gonna sum that up. Packers win, yay! I don't sure. I'll yeah. take it. It felt good. The fans were still were still into it. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I wanted to say about um, Ken Rogers. He had a good game. I wouldn't say he had a great game. Um, he had a good game, but the offense seemed to have a little bit more. Uh, uh, uh dynam- dynamism to it I, I don't know if that makes sense yeah like they ran a screenplay the first time i feel like forever <laughs> that was successful <laughs> uh rogers had some quick throws uh he did take some sacks that i don't think he should have but he had some quick throws uh on, on some uh slants and and some uh, wide receiver ish screens that i don't feel like they were doing as much in the past um and they definitely threw to set up the run game and then aaron jones uh, definitely closed the door of the game on the ground, and that what felt like a like well thought out strategy to the game, which I don't know that they had mm-hmm. uh, in the past. So it was encouraging, but I don't I don't want to get too excited over this game because, as I mentioned earlier, I think it was more of the Falcons not wanting to win a football game. Yeah, did you did you start Julio Jones because he had a good game? You know, I did, um, but I have a bye because my team did so well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, that's it's like the one game he has multiple touchdowns in all his yards. Oh, yeah, well. he's leading. He's leading the NFL in yards. It's insane. <laughs> and this was his second game all year with two touchdowns. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's bizarre. But I yeah, I definitely when he scored both touchdowns, I had the reflex to like check. Yep. And then I was, oh, that's right, I have a bye this week. <laughs> but, oh, man. all right. Anything all else right. on the Packers? I think that's it. I think that's that's, that's it. all you got. That's um, all we got. Bears Packers next week. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, Bears Packers next week. So scared. Great. So scared. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll yeah we'll get into it. Um, Bears are playing right now against the Rams up six three as we talk about this in oh, the second quarter. Barn burner. Um, so I'm super nervous because we got to win this one because I'm so nervous about next week. Like I said, I think Aaron's just going to kind of go on one of those runs just because he wants mm. to get something to prove now. Um, 
So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, just saying. By the time you hear this, Bears are going to win. Bears probably won. <laughs> probably won eighteen Nine. to twelve. <laughs> Nine to three. All field goals. <laughs> yeah. Eighteen to twelve. Uh, riding into next week's against the Packers. Uh, so elsewhere in the NFL, Casey, starting on Thursday. Oh, one thing on the Bears. I hope Khalil Mack just tears up this game because uh, Amari Cooper yep. had a huge game in Dallas for Dallas, and I just nothing brings me more joy this year <laughs> since the Packers aren't doing great than like just thinking of John Gruden, yeah, or watching him when his team is playing terribly, or then like and then thinking about him when Amari Cooper is scoring. I think he had what two or three touchdowns today. Yeah, um, and. Khalil Mack being essentially second for defense player of the year because everybody loves Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um, like I just, I that just brings me such joy to like that he's the thought process he has to have with with that going on. Um, so I hope that Khalil Mack does well. I hope he does terribly next week, but does well today. All right, uh, on to Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no problem. By the way, John Gruden actually won today. Go look at that. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah, they beat Pitt. Um, no way, I totally missed that. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'm a professional podcaster <laughs> about sports. I know. Him I all. saw. I saw Pitt was up and just assumed they won. Oh my god. Yeah, no, they yeah they came back when Roethlisberger Roethlisberger was out for a while with broke or hurt rib or something. Um. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, strike that John Gruden stuff. Oh. <laughs> still funny. It's still, still funny. funny. No, it's still funny. It's still funny. <laughs> no, it absolutely is funny. Um, Thursday night, Titans, Titans Jags game, where uh, I think we all are expecting a game of the six to three, but Derrick Henry went off, had a ninety-nine yeah. yard run touchdown. Obviously, the longest beast run, beast mode, beast mode run, like four stiff arms. It was great. It was it was a it was a hell of a run. Plus, uh, tacked on another 130 some yards for a total of 238. Yeah, uh, and four touchdowns uh, for the game. Huge game on Thursday night. A, a, a night that I don't think most people are paying attention because uh, mm-hmm. it was crap on paper. Uh, yep. Derrick Henry had that huge game. Um, something that you don't know because you refuse to partake in the fantasy football chat. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Were you there? No, I downloaded I downloaded the app, but I don't I don't know how to get I don't know how to get in the group. Okay, so um, I'm halfway there. Yeah, whoever was in our league had him on the bench, scored like yep. fifty something points. Oh, that's great! And of course, our our stat guy in the group went a deep dive, and it was like there was only like four percent of the entire Yahoo universe started. Yeah, it started Henry. It's um, great, and it's probably honestly, it's probably just people who haven't changed their lineup from since they drafted. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the four percent people that don't do anything. Yeah, no, I definitely went and looked in in both my leagues to see who had him because I just, I just really wanted, uh, I really wanted him to be playing against our friend Quiz, <laughs> and I think that his, uh, his frustration and sadness from losing to Derrick Henry by him getting 50 whatever points would have just been yeah. it would have been great it would have yeah. been epic uh unfortunately he was on the bench so yeah. I don't I don't get uh the song I'm a great friend you know bringing <laughs> my friend to go through uh that too uh so I can hear him complain but yeah um, no yeah it, he was on the bench in in all the all two of the leagues I was in so apparently that was common throughout Yahoo mm-hmm. 
But I was definitely checking that. All right, Sunday. Bring us to Sunday, man. Yeah. New England, Miami. <laughs> New England never plays well. In, well, never play, has a, It doesn't play well in Miami most of the time. Yeah. But they had this they game. They seem to struggle there. Did you they see did. this last play? It was bizarre. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Um, it, it seemed like they forgot the point of football to tackle somebody. Like, yeah. none of the. They all were kind of like. Slowly, like backing up toward all the new, they, I mean, the New England defenders, like slowly backing up towards the end zone. Like they were afraid to tackle them and didn't want anybody behind them. And then uh, a guy made a cut and got past everybody. Uh, it was bizarre. Yeah. How many times at the end of the game do you see them, like, do you see them try to run these laterals and it, yeah. just, it just becomes a hot mess? It usually never works. Mm. And this time it works against the Patriots of all teams. Yeah, uh, that it goes the announcers assured us practice <laughs> yeah, all yeah. scenarios. <laughs> yeah, in there, but like yeah. like other teams don't. It was a yeah. bizarre statement. Yeah, a huge bizarre statement. But yeah, it, it was the, the I guess the biggest thing at the end was like, did you see Gronk trying to chase down? <laughs> I did. I was going to mention this to you. He looked like he could not move. <laughs> yeah, he it was, was so, so bizarre. So bizarre. And then I was I I was going to kind of prepare a segment about how Gronk looks like he can't play anymore, but he had like a hundred something yards and a touchdown yeah. so apparently he can still somewhat catch the ball but he just looked like he couldn't change direction no couldn't change direction and, couldn't get his footing just looked like a 10 man out there yeah it it looked like my initial thought was why do they have him out there and i know they're they have him out there for a jump ball but like will he even can he even jump to get that i don't know <laughs> it was bizarre he looked really speaking of he looked like me after uh, helping somebody move the day before moving out there. That's how he <laughs> now, Oh, Gronk was helping you move. That makes sense. Now I get well, it. Well, that would. I wish he was there helping me. Would have gone a little bit easier, but that's how he looked for sure. Uh, so that yeah, that was fantastic. Um, elsewhere, Houston finally loses to Indianapolis of all yeah. of all teams. Um. Yeah, this, the streak is over. I guess it makes sense that Bill O'Brien couldn't win ten games in a row <laughs> with, with this team. Uh, it was the I think it was the weirdest streak uh, going in the NFL, at least winning streak going in the NFL, right? Yeah. Uh, for that, I think Indy's sneaky good. Although I think they laid an egg last week against Jacksonville, but I think Indy's sneaky good. And I wouldn't, not that my team is probably going to be in the playoffs, but if I was an AFC team, I wouldn't want to play. Indianapolis. Oh, ooh, putting out there. Don't want to play them right now, teams. I mean, I would love the Packers to play Indianapolis in <laughs> the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> if we can arrange that to happen, yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, play <laughs> but, in the playoffs is the key. Yeah, the key. That's yeah. something. Yes, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how good. I, I still don't. Despite winning nine games in a row, uh, I don't know how good Houston is, <laughs> uh, which is weird because. You'd think to be able to win nine games in a row, they have to be good, but are they? I'm not sure. Well, we shall see going forward. Uh, elsewhere, Cleveland wins again, <laughs> keeping pace with the Packers. <laughs> they have this weird same record of 5-7-1. Yeah, you know, I, I what, when I was preparing my, my Packers section, I was going to put in here that we had the same record as Cleveland, but it made me sad. <laughs> So I did. I did include it, and then you wrote it down here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cleveland five seven one beating uh, Carolina, which Carolina, incidentally yeah. helps the Packers, right? As we talked about yeah. earlier, uh, for the, for that last wild card spot. Uh, 
they look. <laughs> I think we. I talked about earlier how you can't. I don't want to lay all the uh, success after Mike McCarthy at the feet of of Mike McCarthy, right? I don't think that just getting rid of him was the reason for the win today. But we've had more games to see Cleveland without Hugh Jackson. <laughs> and it looks like he might not have been a good NFL football coach. No, sir. No, sir. So at what point does this become a good thing where it, it started off kind of funny, but now it's like, what if you start you both start winning out? And it's like, oh, well, actually. Cleveland actually, it was played. the coach? <laughs> yeah. It was and Cleveland coach. actually has. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, if Cleveland wins out and goes 8-7-1, that is that is something, right? Yeah. If the Packers went out and go 8-7-1 and still miss the playoffs, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that what that tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't get over the Arizona loss last week. It would be so different. <laughs> still there. It would be so different. 6-6-1, six, six, like you're legitimate. Anyway, all right. Don't need to go back there. All right. Dark places. I put the, I put the dirt on the grave. I remember that. That happened. All right. Um, I mean, it would be, it, but I think it, Cleveland that would be a completely different story. I mean, an eight, seven, and one season it would be a a huge accomplishment for them, right? I mean, undeniably, would would be a great season. Oh, yeah. And then so it's basically, I mean, better the best. That'd be their best record, and I would look it up, and I'm not going to in I don't know since I was born or something. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more or less, more or less, more or less. So. Uh, yeah. So. I, I guess that's. I'm just trying to think. I was gonna say if they do go eight seven and one, does Baker Mayfield win Rookie of the Year? Is it still Saquon Barkley who oh, had a monster day today? Yes, Saquon Barkley. Still Saquon, right? Saquon. I don't think there's anywhere anyone close offensively, right? To to Saquon. I mean, yeah, he's had a good it's, he's had a good year, but Saquon is just off the charts. It's like he's yeah, still in college. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So all right. So all even right. even with that, Baker can't. No, come back and but, win. But Baker would game. own Cleveland since LeBron's not there, obviously. But he would—he's yeah. he's the king. I mean, he's already king of Cleveland, probably. But you know, getting that close, or yeah, no, it would. Yeah. That's technically a winning record, right? Eight seven yeah, and one. Yeah, yeah. eight seven one. That's yeah. winning record. That's a winning record. So yeah, he'd get Cleveland to a winning record. At eight seven and one, you might make the playoffs in the AFC too. So yeah, it's, yeah. If he made the playoffs in his rookie year, oh boy, oh boy, Greg Greg Bounty Williams. <laughs> Leading them there, crazy. Yeah. All right, anything else in the NFL from uh, Casey? Apparently, the Steelers lost. Did you hear about this? Yeah, hear about this? I did. <laughs> That's crazy. Steelers lost. Steelers uh, are finding no. new creative ways to lose. Like last, I, we weren't. We had got done recording for last week's game, but uh, losing to the Chargers <laughs> when they were up like twenty. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the, yeah. That's right. The Steelers are uh, so two two in a two row. In a row. Yeah. You said Big Ben got hurt today. That's that's worrying for them. Uh, probably good for the, good, good good day for the Chiefs then, right? With the the two main competitors, right? Patriots and uh, Steelers both losing, yep. and I guess the the Texans too. So yep. the three of the four best teams, although they didn't look great against uh, Baltimore, having to win in overtime, but they yeah, they still RG, won. RG three was back. <laughs> yeah, RG three was back. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's the, I don't. So I guess yeah, good day, good day for the Chiefs, um, and good day for Packers slim playoff hopes. I think. So the Dallas game, did you watch much of the Dallas watched, Eagles game? I did watch the Dallas game. It was so boring so, until. It, yeah, it, it, I guess until it wasn't right. Yeah. Uh, it was billed as I guess you know this maybe was just me falling for advertising, but <laughs> uh, you know this must win for both teams, right? Uh, Eagles needed to kind of pull even with Dallas, and Dallas could put distance 
between them and the rest of the division with a victory. Um, and it just it was bad. It was bad. It felt like bad football. It was until until the end. Uh, a couple big plays uh, by Amari Cooper. Um, some bad interceptions by Dak really kept the Eagles in it. I thought I didn't. I don't know. I, I guess if I'm sitting here and going, one of these two teams is a playoff team. I'm kind of looking at it going, really? <laughs> Both these teams? Well, uh, yeah. And it, but it's like, you look at Dallas like, man, you got some weapons. Like, why aren't you better? And then yeah. I feel like, what happened? What the hell happened to Philly? They uh, just, they just yeah. seemed like they forgot how to play football. And they, yeah, they, still, at least, they still got players. They still, I mean, they got, you know, Wentz back there. And he's, he, does, he still doesn't seem like the old Wentz. Um, yeah. But he's just, it just does, like, what happened? Yeah. Definitely. I I don't know if it's, you know, the the hangover from, from winning, but you'd still think that they'd be a more productive offense. Their offense just it, it maybe it is Dallas's defense and that's what makes it look bad, right? Is that Dallas's defense is good. Yeah. I mean they held uh the Saints to a season low in scoring last week, so maybe that is Dallas's defense. But it still it didn't feel I didn't feel like I was watching too like like a must win game. It felt very early season and sloppy but yeah. yeah but they also won not a pretty crazy fluke play as yeah. the defender reached in reached the in ball bounced up in the air Amari and Cooper, Amari Cooper caught him for game over in yeah. OT yeah in John Gruden's face <laughs> 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 that's at least how I saw it that's it's really hard it's really hard to find a receiver all right all right well let's move on to the NBA Marlo what I'm sure everyone was waiting for uh to talk about the big trade the big trade the Bucks are making moves Eric Decker's back. Yeah, it was a fun uh, what thirty minutes <laughs> <laughs> where we thought uh, we thought that uh, Sam Decker was coming home to uh, Milwaukee, but alas, he is not. He is on his way to Washington, who was the third team in the trade. Uh, it, with it was more or less Milwaukee sending uh, Della Vadova and John Henson to Cleveland, and uh, receiving George Hill and. Um, Eric Decker going to Washington and some draft picks going around in between that. Um, I guess my my reaction as a Bucks fan to the trade uh, was that fun 30 minutes. It was great. I hope that there are people out there who bought custom Decker jerseys uh, for the Bucks <laughs> Within 30 minutes. That would have been great. Yeah. Also, I found out that uh, Washington announced him as Sam, but they put a, apostrophes L in Sam to call him Slam Decker. Ooh. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. yeah and didn't realize that was uh, he was that prolific of a dunker. Uh, I guess he had some cool ones. He had that one in college where he dunked it and then the ball went around yep. and back in. Yep. That was cool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sidetracked. Uh, but so trading uh, Delhi and Henson, I think is fine. I, I Delavadova, he didn't fit in this team anymore. There wasn't a role for him. Um, and I wonder if this ha- this move happens if Henson doesn't get hurt and he continued to shoot uh, from distance like he had early on. It seemed like he was really developed a three-point shot that he didn't have. Didn't seem like he had at least before this year. Um, so I'm, it's, I'm not too broken up that uh, those two players are leaving the Bucks. I'm not sure how much Hill will improve the team. How much he makes the Bucks better. Um, although I think Hill was the one player that Cleveland traded for last year that actually was able to play in the playoffs. Right, the other two kind of weren't able to be on the floor, at least against the Warriors. But I yeah. think Hill kind of held his own. So you have a little bit of playoff experience there. 
Uh, so perhaps it makes the books better now, immediately. I guess since you're trading a guy who's hurting a guy who can't, mm-hmm. who wasn't really fitting in the rotation. All right, that's your take. Should we uh, should we bring Jacobs on to see what he uh, has to say about it? <laughs> if he's available. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back, Jacobs. Jacobs, welcome back. Good to have you again. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, excited for some good Bucks talk. Yeah. So uh, the Bucks, they made some moves this week. Uh, so that's why we brought you on because you are the expert in all things Bucks, as we know. Uh, so yeah, if you want to just kind of break down what the Bucks kind of made, what, what what are your thoughts behind it? Um, yeah, and go, and going forward. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so I think a lot of people, probably casual Bucks fans or NBA fans, kind of looked at this trade and was like, "Oh, who really cares? You got two bench players for two bench players," but. The real when you look deep into this trade, it's actually really good for the Bucks and positions them to take this team in a couple of different directions depending on how the season plays out. So, I mean, high level, you look at it. Uh, John Henson, Matthew Delavadova traded uh, to Cleveland originally for George Hill and Sam Decker. There were some picks involved as well. Uh, Washington joined the the game late. And we ended up getting Jason Smith instead, and Decker went to Washington. So uh, overall, you know, like I said, you kind of look at that and you're like. Does anybody really care that much? Uh, but for the Bucks, we do. We cleared two bad contracts off of our team, mm-hmm. uh, opened up about $18 million in just next year's cap, uh, and that's huge with three guys on contract years and Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe, and Chris Middleton. Not only that, but you picked a couple, a couple pieces. Uh, George Hill can probably make an impact right away. Uh, you know, He's been around the league for a long time, knows what he's doing, and can provide a little bit of a spark off the bench, hopefully. Jason Smith, you know, I'm not too well-versed on. I got his stats pulled up. He's a 40% uh, three-point shooter, uh, 34% for his career, so not terribly good. But, you know, this is a guy that averages 10 minutes a game, so I, I don't see him impacting the game too much. Marlo, uh, but like, if ahead, I can, yeah. Marlo, how long do you think Jason Smith has been in the NBA? Jason Smith? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 10 years. God, are you looking it up? No, not at all. That was, that was a blind guess. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. Strike that from the record. That wasn't. I was. It was absolutely fun guess. when you get it right. All right. Sorry. Jacob, sorry to interrupt. I thought. I thought I was going to embarrass Marlo, and now I'm the one with the egg on my yeah. face. So. <laughs> no, you're embarrassed. <laughs> Continue with your analysis. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that these are two guys that you'll probably see traded again before the end of the year, uh, and I imagine depending on how this Buck season plays out and how Chris Middleton plays. He could be involved in the trade as well. So I think that, you know, what this move really did was allow us to sign a big name player or potentially re-sign one of the current players we already have. So, I mean, it's all up in the air and really how this plays out. But overall, I love the trade. I think we won in a landslide. I can't believe a team took on both Henson's and Delavadova's contract. Uh, they were always in my mind to, uh, an add-on piece to some better trade that would like hmm. result in a Bradley Beal coming here or something like that to dump hmm. contract off of our uh, off of our books. But Cleveland is just picking up high dollar contracts to get picks to hopefully make that team better ten years down the road. So I don't know. What do you guys think? So I'm I'm actually curious because I've seen some uh, different takes about it. Well, well, I think, well, first of all, that the Woj bomb came down that Sam Decker was coming home. <laughs> yes, and I guess we got to so, It was so wild. It was like, I think a lot of, I had so many texts, Sam's going to be a buck. He's coming home. It was a real, I tweeted at you. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I did that, it was over. <laughs> and another Woj bomb hit. And he was gone. <laughs> um, so it was a wild half hour. 
Um, so a lot of going home, with Sam going home, and then Delhi going back to Cleveland because that's wild too. Everybody was going home. Yeah. Well, Casey, I like how you got there late to the game. So what were you thinking? Yeah. Well, yeah. By the time I saw the story, uh, Sam Decker was already gone, so I never had that that momentary excitement of him coming home. Um, I think anytime you can trade two players who currently aren't playing your team for a player who will, that seems like a good deal. Um, now, I, I guess I wonder if, if Henson didn't get hurt and he kept shooting like he had uh, before he got hurt, if this would have been a trade to make because he was really, uh, I thought, fitting in well. But I think long term, uh, as you kind of mentioned, he wasn't in the plans for for this Bucks team. And you you mentioned that you wouldn't be surprised if uh, I'm not going to talk much to, to Jason Smith in his 10 year NBA career. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you mentioned that George Hill will be uh, could be traded again, and I think that was kind of an impetus to get this deal done sooner than later, right? Because if they they had a deadline that they had to meet so that they could trade them again this year or something like that. Uh, but I would I thought this move allowed them to keep Hill and maybe move Bledsoe because out of the players they currently have he's the one I, I think I'm most willing to part with over over Middleton that's interesting I I go both I go back and forth with the, the way Bledsoe has been playing recently uh is has me leaning towards re-signing him uh obviously if we're able to while mm-hmm. signing Chris and Malcolm Brogdon I think is the key to keep out of those three um hmm. but Chris just is so spotty sometimes and his defense has been lackluster at best, and Bledsoe is playing like it's a contract year. Chris doesn't look like he's playing like he wants to get paid uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks or anybody, really. Mm-hmm. I know the Showtime Lakers are looking at him. So, I mean, like, he has options, but he's not showing it like he wants to. But I'm interested to see how this plays out. I mean, Horst came in as a cap guy. You know, he said he, he knows how to run a cap, and now he's really proving it. Signing Brooke Lopez to a $3 million deal uh, and Ersan Ilyasova to a semi-high contract. But, you know, he did those deals with all these shitty contracts. And now with mm-hmm. those off the books, I'm really interested to see uh, how we, what we do by the trade deadline mm-hmm. and throughout the rest of the season and next offseason too. But that was actually a good point that you brought up, Casey, and that I didn't mention was that Henson, yeah, is out till February and Delhi is getting maybe five minutes a game. He didn't really fit Budenholzer's system and... Yeah, like you said, you're getting two, rid of two guys, two bad contracts, and got at least one guy who will play at least 15 minutes a game, probably. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, he actually was able to play in the playoffs, unlike the other guys that the Cavaliers traded for last year uh, in, in the deals that they made. He could compete in, in a playoff yes. atmosphere. I, however, I did see a funny tweet after this trade happened that uh, J.R. Smith is the one getting all the flack for that last play, even though George Hill missed the free throw. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a good I'll, point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, shout out to the Bucks, though. Big win in Toronto tonight. Yes. Um, sure. it, that felt like it was a playoff game. Like That felt like the Eastern Conference Finals almost tonight. Like That could be what we see in the near future. But, I mean, Casey, you got to be happy about that, right? Yeah, it was it was a good result, and I uh, I was glad that it occurred with Kawhi and uh, Giannis on the floor because the first time that they met in Milwaukee, we didn't get to see that, and it was kind of a, a build up a hype to the game uh, that that didn't the Bucks won, but it was kind of like well, but uh, but now we we won with uh you know a full squad on both sides, and it was a, a really encouraging win. Um, I thought it was a little bit. The endings felt a little bit weird because it seemed like they just stopped playing when they were down five. Even though, like, 
possibly they could win, but probably not. It was a little bit weird at the end, but um, yeah, definitely a, a great result. Um, and you know, for a Bucks team that has, I don't want to say been struggling, but not off to uh, they the last what ten or so haven't been as great as uh, the start. It was encouraging to see them with a, a significant road win. Definitely. Uh, checking in on the mental status of Marlowe being a Chicago Bulls fan. How are things going? <laughs> are you ready to hop on the Bucks bandwagon yet? I will not be hopping on the bands, the Bucks bandwagon <laughs> because I can't. I'm too far deep into the Bulls. I would not be all that surprised at other people in the Chicago area or surrounding areas that would because I would totally understand. They probably have only had this lifetime of this Garpax dynamic that don't know what they're doing. Um, this is another example of, I mean, Fred, he was a dead man walking to begin with, but just the the whole direction, non-direction, whatever they're doing, nothing makes sense. A 10-year-old can do better. Uh, it just, I don't know. I'm, obviously not good. Not good is the answer. <laughs> Well, we, I mean, I've been a Bucks fan for many years, so I can feel your. You, I think you kind of deserve this. You got Jordan, Conley, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, take the bad years, take, take it. The bad, uh. We got Giannis now. Um, but so I think that you know, talking in these Bucks trades, though, the real question is, what do you think's going to happen? And uh, Casey probably has a better feel for what the Bucks will do. But I'm curious, Marlo, just as an outside, um, somebody from the outside looking into this Bucks team, uh, but a fan of the NBA, you know, if you were gonna do something on this team. Who are you re-signing? Are you re-signing Bledsoe, Middleton, Brogdon? Are you trading one of them? Who are you trading them for? And, you know, obviously some people aren't on the trading block. Some people are. But if you could essentially have your pick of the league, what are you guys doing? That's a good question. <laughs> oh, I also put you on the spot. I apologize. Yeah, I I'm just curious because this is this is what the pretty much the rest of the NBA season I feel like is going to be is the coming yeah. up to the trade deadline who's being yeah. traded for who and yeah. what's happening who's a buyer who's a seller mm-hmm. um, yeah and what's going on honestly uh, you know, as far as was the question for the Bucks yes I don't know the um, <laughs> nobody's going to take Jabari to trade I'm sorry yeah. Oh, yeah. well I mean he does play good in the first quarter at the at the new yeah. stadium. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a better question for Casey. Yeah, I think, Casey, what do you got? I think it it really depends on what you're looking to get back. I, I think I would hesitate to trade Middleton because I think he can be the scorer, uh, the outside outside shooter that the Bucks need. But if you can get a Bradley Beal back for that, I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, so I don't know how many Bradley Beal level character uh, or players that are out on the trading block from other teams so that's why i kind of err on the side of uh trading a bledsoe because i think at the, in my mind he's kind of a a tier below um middleton i don't i think middleton can get max money uh next year i think that's what the market will be for him or close to that uh i think bledsoe is kind of a tier below that and i think that there's more trade pieces out there um that would fit the bucks better and with george hill now providing a point guard role uh that seems feasible but it's it's what you get back in the end uh for those either of those two pieces uh but it's it's definitely i think possible that both of them could get moved i don't think you will get good value for brogdon in a trade i think he's kind of like um oh shoot i'm blanking on his names golden state um Clay Thompson? No, I would if we could get Clay, Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clay Thompson. Guy from Clay Michigan Thompson. State. Yeah. Oh my God, this is terrible. Desmond. 
No. Um, Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Jesus. Draymond. <laughs> I think. I think. I think Brogdon's value to the Bucks is like Draymond Green's, uh, in that he's more valuable on the Bucks than he is as a trade piece to other teams. Like in Golden gotcha. State, what do you really get for Draymond Green if you trade him? Because he doesn't fit with any team or he doesn't provide the value to any other team that he provides to Golden State. So I don't think you would get the return on uh, him that you would you would expect. So I would like to keep Brogdon for that, for that reason. I think he's kind of more of a glue guy like that. Um, so I would lean towards those other two depending on what you can get in return. Yeah, I mean... That's the way I've been looking at it. And this is probably my opinion to trade as this season progresses for sure. But I think I'm officially out on Chris Middleton. And it's not because I just had uh, Elijah Price at David Dunn 21 on Twitter on my podcast this past week um, <laughs> who hates Chris Middleton. Uh, but I think it's just because, and I've thought about this more and more since I recorded that podcast. Because I'm mm-hmm. just trying to define my opinion of him. And I don't think he's worth max money. And if mm-hmm. that's what he's going to want then I think you got to let him walk or you trade him. I mean, this is kind of the similar, and this isn't, I'm not saying this because you're on the podcast model, but it's kind of the same thing I was saying about Jabari. Like, he wasn't worth max money. You shouldn't have given him that, and we didn't, obviously. And I think that was the right decision. Mm-hmm. So I think when you look at Chris Middleton in the past, when Giannis has been hurt or when we didn't have Bledsoe, Chris couldn't be the guy that you could count on to be that second scorer or that second banana, if you will, mm-hmm. to Giannis. And I think that he needs the surrounding people for him to really do that. And I think it's you can even see it this season. Lopez was like the second highest scorer behind Giannis tonight, or they were tied at 19. Uh, Brogdon hit those back-to-back threes in this game to to keep us at, above Toronto. You know, guys weren't looking to Chris. You know, the couple games he has had to get hit the game-winning shot, he hasn't hit. Um, or he wasn't able to because he was defended too well. And I or think that if you a half can, second too late. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think, yeah, I think if you can get a good second banana in a Bradley Beal, a proven guy who, who's putting up all, who's been an all star, I believe, um, and putting up great numbers like that. Yeah. Or a Clay Thompson who I think Chris is just a lower tier of really, uh, and mm-hmm. Bledsoe. I don't know if you can keep him for cheap. Why not? He is a defensive spark. He plays with a lot of energy. I mean, yeah, he makes bad turnovers, but so does Giannis. But nobody says anything because it's Giannis. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I think you try to you try to resign Bledsoe, but obviously he's not worth a lot. Of, he's not worth max or even close to it. So I don't know what he's expecting, and I don't know what the market is for Bledsoe too. So if he tests for agency, I'd be surprised to see what he gets. Mm-hmm. You keep, you mentioned this is, uh, I guess, the second time, the first time being when I couldn't remember Draymond Green's name, but the second time you mentioned Clay Thompson. Is it feasible that they trade that Golden State trades Clay Thompson? I mean, I would obviously love to have him on the Bucks, but I it, I just can't imagine a world where that happens. I mean, it's potential because uh, I believe Clay is on a contract year yeah. as well, and he's yeah. going to go get paid. So I mean, yeah. it would be a trade for it'd be a rental for a rental essentially. So I mean, it's possible. Golden State would definitely be able to retain Chris better than they'd be able to retain Clay, but it's he's going into if we were, Chris would go into the same situation where Golden State doesn't have the money to pay a max contract right now, a la Clay and Kevin Durant leaving. But who knows what's going to happen there? I don't think the Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship this year anyway. I said that on your podcast last time. You did. You did. You did. Speaking of which, you did play the Golden State Warriors. Two days ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Friday? Friday? Yeah. Yep. Friday. Um, that's, why, that's why we led yeah. with the Toronto game. 
Yeah, that's why you live in the Toronto <laughs> game. Um, yeah, no, but it was a was it a, a uh, it was a low scoring until it wasn't type of game. Well, yeah, I mean, like Golden State scored only 105 points. We for the first time this season scored under 100, so yep. we couldn't buy a basket during this game and. It, it, Golden State, honestly, holding them to 105 points to me is good defense. They played very sloppy. They had 17 turnovers in total, um, but we shot 17, well, 18 rounded up percent from three point, which is garbage. I don't think any team in the NBA, even the Chicago Bulls, would shoot 18 percent <laughs> from the three point line. Don't test us. <laughs> no, we just we just we just lost by 53 after yeah. we, after starting the game up 17 nothing. Did Nothing really? is beyond the Bears. Yeah, we just lost to the to the Celtics by like fifty oh, over fifty man. points. Yeah, that's that's rough. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know how deep your pain has gone. <laughs> uh, but so I think like it, it was interesting to me that like the Bucks came out hot in Oakland and you know kind of whooped the Warriors a little bit, uh, but at home they couldn't seem to make anything happen. Giannis, you know, was eight for thirteen. He kind of did his normal thing, but you had guys out there like. Chris was four for 14, Lopez five for 13. Both Chris and Lopez only hit one three in the game. But so shot 50%, six for 12, and had a decent game. But overall, I mean, like not hitting threes in an offense where that is your main staple, it's yeah. going to happen like this. And if I only see this two, or if I see this a dozen times out of 82 games, I'm happy. So I think during the playoffs, you got to have guys step up, though, and can hit these big shots. Casey, what do you think about the game? Uh, it was a late one, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess I'll echo that. It was. It was. I thought it was frustrating because both teams seemed like they couldn't really get it going uh, throughout throughout the game. Um, and obviously, then Clay Thompson got hot in. The, I think it was it the third quarter, or fourth quarter. He had another one of his Clay Thompson quarters. Uh, where yeah, just, I think it was the third. He just he just went off, and that kind of put the distance between the two teams. But it definitely didn't feel like a, a Bucks Warriors game. Uh, that I would expect if they do, you know, meet in a, in an extended series. Uh, so you got to do again, Marlo. There, if they meet again, which would be the finals. I, yeah, I got it. This I is all being recorded. It's I, all uh, on the internet. All right, all right. Just <laughs> making sure you got the call back. I <laughs> made a mention of that earlier, Jacobs, about the Packers playing the Colts, which can't happen unless they play in the Super Bowl. So, oh wow! Please yeah. don't tell no, me you're riding. No. Okay. Hey. No, it was uh, anyway They're in the hunt. They're in the hunt. <laughs> they're in the hunt. Anyway, stop. <laughs> Just because they're not mathematically eliminated does not mean they're in the hunt. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, it was. I just felt like it was a weird. It was like an anomaly game to me. It was just weird on on both ends, and I don't think there was much to to gain uh, or to learn from from either side. And if the Bucks shoot that poorly, uh, with the amount that percentage wise, with the amount that they shoot, they're not going to win uh, many games. But that presumably won't happen that long. Or that offense, no, excuse me. And to your point, like Kevin Durant went three for fourteen from the field. I don't know when that happened last, but it was probably a long time ago. Yeah. And that probably won't happen again for a long time. So, you know, this game could have easily been we could have gotten blown out of the water had Golden State played like Golden State, but mm. had the Bucks played like the Bucks, then yeah, I think you're right. I think that's actually a great way to describe it as an anomaly basically and it's just a it's it's just another w in their column and a loss in ours and we kind of move on from it i think the warriors did come out and say though that it was a big game for them because we came into their house and and whooped their ass and they wanted to <laughs> show that back to us but i don't think they really kicked our ass i think they no, just like stumbled to the finish line first yeah definitely it was it was a weird game for sure so 
But hey, careful, you know, I'm worried about tomorrow. We haven't, the Bucks have not lost two games in a row. But uh, coming off a win, we seem to lose. And we got the Cavs coming, and it's the return of Delhi. So I'm uh, <laughs> a little Delhi nervous. Delhi revenge game. Yeah, oh, hashtag Delhi revenge game. <laughs> so who knows what could happen? Oh, man. Maybe George Hill will go out and drop 40. That'd be great just to show him. <laughs> there we go. George Hill revenge game, not it. Oh, yes, that's what we should do. Oh, man. But I think that this Bucks team is really shaping up to to make a championship run this or next season. And I think you're going to see moves that are going to put us in the spot. And this is honestly the start of it. I'm surprised it happened when it did. I also yeah. didn't know there was a timeline or a um, what's a deadline basically for when players are traded to when they can be traded again. Because I feel like I've seen players get traded like two times in a day. <laughs> like that kind of like Decker I guess yeah. but like I didn't know that so that was interesting to learn and, and and understand that a little bit from from Woj a little bit so all right um yeah thanks for coming on again uh it was a lot of fun as the clock gets closer to Christmas that's when the NBA season really starts for me as far as getting into it obviously not with the Bulls because that season's already over um so we'll definitely definitely be in contact uh, uh, you know, going here as the the meat of the season is really happening. Yeah, for sure. I always enjoy coming out and uh, chatting with you guys. Um, Packers are not in the hunt, Casey. I'm sorry to, uh, <laughs> to you know burst your bubble on that. I also you seemed disappointed in my reaction to Sam Decker when he, he was on the Bucks. I saw that tweet, but I was right. I'm just saying. <laughs> and overall, you know, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Like I said, I always enjoy chatting. Uh, if you guys listening out there want to follow me, uh, I'm on Twitter at Jakubitz. It's J A K U B I C Z. Uh, my podcast is the Bucks Leading Radio. If you're a Bucks fan out there and you want to give it a listen, you can find us on Twitter at Bucks underscore radio, or it's also on Spotify and iTunes. So uh, subscribe, and I appreciate you guys listening to me talk about the Bucks if you're not a Bucks fan. So. All right, check yeah. it out. Thanks again. Happy well, have we, uh, we haven't talked about the Holberg firing. No, right? no, we haven't talked about it. Holberg and fire. So freaking they couldn't wait. Corbett gets fired Monday morning. Uh, couldn't do it on yeah. Sunday, so we could talk about it last week and just yeah. get buried in the news cycle. But, I mean, he was a dead man walking. I knew that. I thought they would at least wait to the end of the season or maybe next season or at some point. But you never never thought that he was, you know, the long-term solution as far as the head coach goes. Um, again, this is going to be another botch by Garpax and company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bringing him aboard in the first place, then not having a direction, then not – putting the players that they need for his coaching <laughs> to put them in a place to succeed. Um, so we'll see how this, how we botch it uh, going forward with the next coach. So, uh, sorry, Fred. It's just, you know, it was, I, I can't even say it was time. It was time a long time ago before he even stepped foot into the United Center. But uh, upward, upward and onward for the Bulls. Well, maybe not. They're boycotting the new coach. Yeah, they're boycotting. <laughs> so maybe... Upward yeah. in, in protest. Uh, it was, uh, I'll admit, it was a weird hire when he got hired. Um, and, but then they asked him immediately to win games with a really weird ensemble of players. Yeah. And then immediately decided, no, that's not going to work. Yep. Let's tank. Yep. And then you're not tanking in the way we want. I guess he wasn't inciting any player protests. So that wasn't, he wasn't tanking enough. I don't know. It was really weird. I, it, this is kind of like when, uh, like, 
it seems like a baseball move. Like the Reds, who are projected to finish last, are they get off to a bad start, so they fire their manager. It's like, well, what did, what did you expect them to do? <laughs> like, yeah, you're the you you know you have this collection of players here. They're probably not going to win games, even if you know John Woodner, who you know, who have Red Arback or whoever you know is out there coaching them. Like, I don't I don't get it. Um, it this it. It makes I'm no say sense. It's unfair. It makes no sense. It seems unfair to Hoiberg, which I guess yeah. is str- a strange way to put it. But like, I th- I thought he was losing well enough. Like he yeah. wasn't a successful coach, but they weren't trying to be successful. I don't get it. It, it seems like the Bulls don't know what they're doing. No, they don't. Which I, th- Gar- which I think is the greater concern. Gar packs don't know. No, everyone in the city, in the world, in NBA circles, knows that they don't know what they're doing, and it it's. They don't even know why they're still there, and it's you know it's because Jerry Rossar is just he's just loyal to a fault, and those are his guys. They played for him, and now they're in, you know in management positions, mm-hmm. and they're just allowed to make these awful mistakes. You know they they put together uh, they put together a good team that just couldn't get past LeBron. I'll give them that, but ever since then yeah. there has not been it haven't just been making wrong move at the wrong move at the wrong move and just not going in the right direction. And you know I don't have faith that they will go in the right direction with the new coach and, and player personnel going forward until those guys are gone. And I don't know what it takes to get them gone because it seems like everybody but Reinstaller can see that they're not doing the job right. Yeah, is that... They were... Were they in this... Was it against Boston and LeBron where they, they were up... It was against Boston, right? And then yeah, it was Boston. Rondo got Rondo, Rondo got, got hurt. Rondo was having. Rondo was the reason we were winning. Yeah, Rondo was, got hurt uh, at the end of the second game, and then they yeah, lost. They there's lost a world in which, yeah, there's a world in which those Bulls go to like the Eastern Conference Finals, and everything <laughs> is different. That yeah. is that is, and Hoiberg's like a great coach, and yeah, Rondo got hurt, and that's not the case. It's so weird. It's it, was, it seems like one of those like. You know, choose your own path. Things like yeah. the entire franchise went a different way that that day that he got hurt. That's so bizarre. Yeah, um, yeah it, I guess you, if you know Hoiberg's not the right guy, right? You should probably move on and try to find the right guy. But then they just promoted a guy from within, which you know, as we talked about with Ohio State, I don't. That always feels a little bit weird. Yeah, uh, you always feel like, are you really getting the best guy? Because as you're kind of losing these games, as you're going through the the tank or whatever. Um, you probably should try and find the right coach. And if they knew Hoiberg wasn't the right coach to get him out of this, um, I don't know. Might as well move on. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. It was a weird. It was. I was surprised that it happened. Um, I'm not. I guess I, I was surprised by the timing. By the timing yeah. I guess yeah. not that he got fired. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. Hundred percent. All right. I'm done talking about that. <laughs> got me hot at the end here. Good. All right. Um. That's all I got to. Corner kick. Uh, quick corner kick, Marlo. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Liverpool won 4-0 over the weekend. I mentioned that earlier. It was a... Uh, I kind of forgot they had the early game <laughs> and woke up and they were already up 3-0. to I was like, all right. This is a good way to wake up on a Saturday. Um, and uh, to top that off, uh, Chelsea defeated Man City uh, earlier today. Earlier today? Yesterday. That was yesterday afternoon. Uh, that uh, Chelsea won, so now Liverpool is atop the league by a point. Very exciting. Uh, very exciting for me. Uh, 
Man City was previously undefeated uh, on the season, although they had two draws, but they were undefeated, had not lost. Um, so hence the definition of undefeated. So it was a, a, a big win uh, for Liverpool uh, by Chelsea <laughs> for that. And there was the, the Women's World Cup. There's a Women's World Cup this year, Marla, if you didn't know about this, in 20, or next year, 2019. Um, not this year, 2018. What am I talking about? We're close. About? It's close enough. It's coming up. Yep. It's coming up. Uh, and the uh, USA, uh, U.S. Women's National Team uh, should fare pretty well they have a, a an okay group they got sweden in there um so that's coming up watch out for that marlo all right 2019 world cup that's right i thought so i know i was like 2019 can't happen in 2018 it's the end of the year what am i talking about cut this <laughs> i'm an idiot all right good stuff all right atlanta wins mls cup all right Corner kick. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, Atlanta won the MLS Cup. Uh, yeah, that seems important. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. USA, uh, U.S. women's team is Thailand, Chile, and Sweden, uh, which is a, a, a pretty, I'd say, pretty okay group. Um, Sweden has been uh, pretty good recently, uh, but we should be able to move on uh, from that. And I'd say we're, I don't know if we're favored to win, but we are favored to go pretty far in that women's. It's in France in 2019. Um, coming to you next summer, Marlo. June 11th, I got it in front of me now, is the opening game. Um, and in MLS Cup news, uh, as you mentioned, as I forgot to mention, uh, Atlanta FC uh, defeated the Portland Timbers 2-0 to uh, to win their first MLS Cup uh, which they mentioned a lot during the Packer Falcons game because the Falcons were doing terrible and they kept showing Arthur Blank and they would put on the bottom owner of yeah basically Atlanta he's FC basically super rich yeah. yeah yeah he didn't he didn't go down to uh, the field in the uh, dying embers of the second half like he did in the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> to collect his trophy that he didn't win uh, but it it seemed like Atlanta FC while they finished second in points on the season which means they had the second best regular season. Uh, behind um, uh, New York Red Bulls, uh, but they s- felt like the better team throughout. That's a weird thing to say. They were the better team through most of the year, but the Red Bulls caught up at the end of the year to take the, kind of the points title, um, which matters in which that means they're the champion in every other soccer league except MLS <laughs> when we do a playoff because we're Americans. Um, and Atlanta went on to win that. Uh, and once they defeated the Red Bulls in the semifinals, they were definitely the quote-unquote right team to win, uh, at least in my book. Uh, Portland won last year, so I was kind of rooting for a different team to win this year. Um, yeah, longer corner kick than I thought. <laughs> but there you go. Always short. As I was reminded of other things as I started talking about soccer. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be it. I think it's made it for us. I got nothing else. Any last words, Casey? Uh, no, as, as always, please uh, like, comment, subscribe, do all those things. Uh, promote us to all your friends. Tell everybody about us. Um, please? I don't know. Uh, I like recording this with Marlo and like knowing that people like hearing it. Uh, so that would be great. And uh, other than that, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all those sports.